Welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It's Nile here with Andrea Cleary. Hello. How are we doing? We're back. Good. Yeah, we had a week off last week, but well, not really. We had a week off from being in the studio. I had together. a week off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we had a really good reaction to the podcast special from last week. For those I love, a special about that album, which I think is very special itself. Um, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. And thank you all for your nice feedback. But on this podcast, we're going to be talking about Bonnie Vare's fourth album. It is called I, I. It came out three weeks early. Thank you, Bonnie Vare, for giving us something to talk about this week. Yeah. Much appreciated. And we also have songs of the week from the likes of Harris Squid and Marie Davidson and uh, more. But first, what have we been up to since? Well, I guess the major news in terms of uh, us and what we've been up to since we talked to you last together was all together now. And uh, seems we had a request to talk about it on, on Twitter. I suppose we better um, dive in a little bit. Um, you were there on I was the there. Saturday. I was at a festival. And the Sunday. You were there at the same time as me. You, I was uh, there. I went down um, on the Saturday and I returned on the Sunday. So I missed all of the traffic. Yeah. Didn't see a car until we got to the festival site, um, which, you know checking my privilege on that yeah. um my heart goes out to everybody who went down on friday i was watching all of the um twitter action on the friday and i was ready mm. to leave the house and i was ready to go and i was nearly gonna stay and be like well i just go down tomorrow because it looks terrible yeah um but we were doing a little more early at three o'clock on on saturday so i didn't want to come down on saturday morning and then be like hanging around uh, or like be rushing in any way or set up have to set up a tent before so i was just like okay it's three o'clock i'm just gonna go yeah and then I got about an hour away and it didn't seem to be getting any better. So I just was like, luckily went to visit uh, my friends Paul and Zoe in Thomastown uh, for a while. And then I went in at eight o'clock. I did not see a single car until now. I was getting all these tips about like roads to go and special places to go. And I was like, <laughs> oh, we try it out. And then uh, Simon from Lumo was also driving down and I, we picked one each. He went a production route. Okay. And I went this other one called the Old Scrouty Road. Put it in for next year. Maybe it would lead it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was great because uh, it worked out really well for me. Basically, I skipped Carrick on Shore, which just seemed to be where a lot of the problems with the uh, Garda traffic plan for that festival. It was basically telling you to go that way. And uh, I went up the old Scrooty Road and I came out onto a whole load of traffic about a kilometre from the Blue Gate. Okay. And uh, I'm sure there were people there going, where the hell is he coming from? Because there's no one else around at all. And then yeah. all of a sudden I came to the end of that road and there was just cars everywhere. And they were all at a standstill. And I was like, oh, I think yeah. I skipped a fair bit still. That's good. So I was only, I was in the the uh, queue for about 45 minutes, I'd say. Um, so it wasn't too bad, but it was still like, there's a lot of, I'm sure, look, there's been so much talk about the, the traffic. But the traffic situation, There's so much thought it was yeah. on fucking Liveline. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I heard afterwards, about that. And like, yeah. just the stories, like, people like, these even things like, oh, I, I can't believe you're leaving us out here without food or water. I was like, if you're going to a festival, bring water, bring yeah. snacks, what are you doing? Yeah, true. Um, yeah, there was, I know. It was just like the whole thing was such a shame. Like, I think it did put a dampener on a lot of people's weekends. And, yeah, and I like, I have no doubt that they're going to like next year have the most streamlined and efficient way for punters to get to the festival. Yeah, they'll it's have to. a shame. They'll have to. And it really, even the, with a lot of the uh, communication on Friday night wasn't of the right tone at all. And yeah. that really didn't And then non-existent in, in other ways as well. Yeah. yeah. But once we got there. Yeah, once we got there, it was great. Fest. Uh, really good. Uh, I will say, like, just on my final bit on the traffic thing, it was like looking at it, like, 
obviously there was no problems last year, it mm. seemed, but um, two roads in and out. Yeah. They're either going to have to build roads or they're going to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. But once you get in there, it or was provide really more good. buses. Despite yeah. all that, I had a great time. I was there Friday till Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. Um, we had a Lumo set in five hours. That was really good. Did a BC Boy special. That really was great. It. That was wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, I actually went out to say hello to you and then you were gone. I Yeah, I was rushing off to somewhere else. You were um, Sing Along Social. Don't I lie was, to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I went to Sing Along Social. Yeah, of course. Yeah, my, um, my wife as, was, was rocking it as ever. Yeah, um, I have to say thank along. you for the lift down. So, yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, sure. yeah it was fantastic. It was great. The Beastie Boys set in particular, it was just lashing rain. The rain was relentless and yeah. everyone was just like okay we're getting on with it, it you know matter. we're here yeah it that was matter. great that was a nice part of it overall uh i mean it's hard to compare year one to year two it isn't it isn't like i it was a totally different festival because mm. of all those things and because of the different facets of it and the people giving out about sustainability at it and all yeah. that kind of thing so it did feel like a different thing but once I, when i was down there i had a great time there was little things that i really enjoyed uh one of them is very specific. It's like we were, I was at the end of everything on the Friday night and I met a friend of mine and we were sitting around the bench near the belonging bandstand and at no point did any security guard come over to us and be like, you have to get out of here. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. It was just like, people are here. It's it, fine. It felt like a festival where the security and the guards and like everybody that was kind of in charge of the festival just treated people like adults because we are. Like there was no, you know, ridiculous, like, I, re I remember, like, I haven't been to EP in years, but I remember just kind of feeling like a sheep at it and yeah. kind of being given out it a few times for, like, hanging around for too long or waiting for somebody. And there was none of that. And, like, the crowd that were there were great. Like, just really cool bunch of people. I think it, it attracts a very kind of nice sort of person. Uh, it's that type of festival. And yeah, I, I had a brilliant time. Like, so, li like I said, I was only there the Saturday to the Sunday afternoon we left at about five o'clock and I saw so much great stuff yeah. I thought Kodak was amazing with the live band like really really fantastic um saw Father John Misty and we'll probably talk about him a little bit more in a oh minute. yes we will oh yes we will <laughs> Um, and do you know who I didn't see though? It was Hot Chip because I got tired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went well, to bed. Funny, I actually missed most of Hot Chip because mm. I fell asleep yeah. in my tent. Look, um, but I did get halfway through <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm here for Hot Chip. And then I was like, oh, shit, there's all this other stuff I want to see. So I wanted to see Park Hai Jin, who was on one of the other stages. So I went over for like 10 minutes to catch her for a bit. It was kind of quiet in there, but it was enjoyable. Um, but then I came back and apparently I missed Hot Chip covering the Beastie Boys sabotage. Oh no. I was like, what? Oh, they might do it at the show later in the yeah. year. You never know. Oh, that's such a shame though. That's such a you moment. I know. Oh, I was well. like, after after spending an hour playing the Beastie Boys that day, yeah. I was like, oh, I can't believe I missed that. I can't believe they didn't bring you up on stage. I, know, I mean, yeah. did you catch Patti Smith? Uh, no. Where was I? I was asleep at that point, okay, I think. Fair. No, yeah. I think I heard a bit of it. I heard yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. She was fantastic. She, like, I wasn't expecting that to be the kind of energy I wanted at that mm. point in the evening because it was after Father John Misty and I was obviously like just a bit of an emotional wreck and I was like I don't know if I can do Patty Smith right now and then she was just so cutting and brilliant and poetic um, and it didn't feel it felt more like we were going to see her at like the Ivy Gardens or something it, 
felt like yeah. one of her gigs as opposed to a gig at a festival because everyone there was so into it as well um and then yeah after that i went to sleep and then i caught saint sister um the next day and they were Saw fantastic Dutch, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah really nice um, it was a real like trinity orchestra on the sunday morning everyone just like panned out on the grass kind yeah. of vibe which was really really nice yeah i saw a bit of john hopkins again mm-hmm. for the 17th time probably jesus um which is always good yeah. um and he's playing in cork uh what i think is a dj set in cork at sounds from safe harbor but it may go down for that as well um i just enjoyed the vibe i think i enjoyed the outdoor stages the most um that arcadia thing mm. is so cool it's such a nice there's atmosphere. a bit of a space issue in the tents was there yeah yeah, yeah the big yeah. one the second stage near the main stage yeah that, that was either um, bigger or somewhere else the only person i saw in that was kojak and i managed to get in but yeah the, it like overflowed very yeah. very quickly yeah um i just yeah the arcadia was just great i just love the atmosphere there it's a great place it's also it's got some nice warmth due mm-hmm. to it letting off fire the whole time. Yeah. Um, and I thought Errol Alkin sat there on Friday, which I really enjoyed. Got recognized a lot, funny enough. Oh, <laughs> did like, you? Actually, the funniest thing was that like somebody came up to me and was like, uh, oh, you run that website. I'm going to sign up to your Patreon soon. And I was like, Aww. not now, not now. <laughs> it was like one in the morning on Friday night uh, at the Arcadia stage. That's gas. Like, oh, 909.com for, for, or patreon.com <laughs> forward slash 909 if you yeah. want to sign up. Yeah, it's totally um, Did it, you dudes. go into that maze, that mirror maze? I actually never went into that. Oh my God. Thing, no. So you go in and you're walking through the maze and I was like, this is great. This is loads of fun. I keep bumping into mirrors and then you get into the middle and there's a party. There's yeah. a DJ in there i oh my god was it mind. completely surrounded by mirrors yeah inside as well like when you're going through like, that's inside. probably not a good place for a lot of people who may have uh um taken on some extra uh substances so, some extra dopamine to be looking at themselves the whole time like yeah like oh yeah like when i was in there there was a lot of people around me who were losing their goddamn minds and this was like you know evening time but um when i <laughs> when i arrived in and there was a party i was like oh my god lost my damn mind it was great um yeah but yeah loads of just little things around the place i didn't get to explore the forest as much as i wanted to i didn't get there was a few areas that i didn't get to kind of you know just kind of daytime explore because once i got there it was very much like go 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 but i really really enjoyed the experience of it and like i've been on a festival hiatus since a bad experience at a festival about two years ago maybe three years ago and i i swore to myself i'd never camp at a festival again and then this was my kind of like if you can do this you can do it you can do festivals and it went great so yeah. i'm chuffed yeah good back good. at it i also really enjoyed um the belonging bandstand um, mm. even though it wasn't set up for rain it had to close yeah it was set up for irish weather so i don't know how they're going to figure that one out but i i was there for kellyanne's prince set just a really simple idea i loved it um just playing prince for two hours and uh saw all my pals and everyone else actually that's one of the reasons why i went home early on sunday i was like I've seen everyone I want to see mm-hmm. and I've seen all my pals Yeah, and I'm tired and I want to go home. Yeah. You've seen the national <laughs> I didn't feel bad about it at all. Like, so, yeah. yeah. I was just like, I want to go home. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. I think it's because sometimes when you're working at festivals, like doing something in that five hours, like I really enjoyed it, but it was quite taxing actually. Sure. Yeah. After all of it. So you're like, I just need. Yeah, I need my bed. I'm cool. I'm yeah. cool with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Father John Misty. Did you like, catch him? Uh, no. Where was okay. I? I might have been asleep. Okay. I went well, you up, slept I, a lot. <laughs> no, I didn't. I went back to my tent. Um, I went back to my tent after the Lumo thing about nine o'clock. What time is he on at? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I, I think half, half past nine, maybe. Right, yeah. I think I fell asleep 
for the that hour and a half because okay. was Hotchip on after him? Yes. Yeah. So I no, no, sleep. Patty Smith and then Hotchip. Okay. So yeah, I woke up during Patty Smith and then some. Did I fall back? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I missed half. I missed all of Final Journey Misty. Half Patty Smith and half of Hotchip somehow. Yeah. And then I stayed up very late on Saturday and I missed loads of stuff and I got up in time for Saint Sister and there you go. Yeah, I actually I heard the Whalers when I was back in the tent for a while and I was like, it was raining. It was very miserable. And I was like, fair play to them. But also, these songs are so ubiquitous. It could be anyone playing those songs. Sure. Yeah. I just like, well, love, okay, heard the song. So it's just like, yeah. it's so. Kind of just feels like you're at Trenchtown. Yeah, it's in, like you can't even enjoy it. You've heard you. It's the song is so familiar to you. Yeah. That's how I felt about the Whalers. Sorry. That's um, fair. But yeah, I had a great time. I'm sure like the festival has definitely listened to, uh, we've been on to them about it and they've been listening to all the feedback and, uh, you know, they're going to do a lot, I'm sure, to uh, sort out next year. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you saw Father John Missy at All Together Now and then you traveled far and wide to I see traveled him again. far and wide. So I saw him all, all together now. He was he was really good at All Together Now. And I was there with a good few of my friends who not not dressed in character, not not dressed very well, to be honest. But he, he claimed uh, on stage that um, his luggage had been lost or something. But I don't know. I reckon he just wanted to be cozy. Yeah. Um, he, he was really good, but it was very much a festival set. So I was there with people who weren't that familiar with him. Um, who were like, oh, yeah, we're going like, you know, give give father john misty a go maybe i'll get into him and afterwards they were all like that was amazing that was one that was the highlight of the weekend he's unbelievable and i was like that's him at like 40 percent. you need to catch him doing a headline show so yeah i traveled last week the reason why i wasn't here for podcast last week is because i was in hamburg at their beautiful um elb elb philharmonie um which is cutely named the elpfi over there which is their kind of concert hall and it's w- one of the largest and acoustically most advanced concert halls in the world um it's a beautiful building and he played there with the i think hamburg philharmonic and it was such a, I, i've seen him a good few times now and it, it is it will go down as one of my favorite live music experiences wow. he played a lot of songs that he doesn't usually play he so he played um the night i met josh tillman um, which he doesn't play because it has really problematic lyrics, but I think the the crowd that were there kind of knew him well enough that we're not going to be singing back really horrible lyrics at him. Um, and he played also um, Leaving L.A., which is his 12-minute track yeah. from um, Pure Comedy, which he never plays live. So he played that as the encore and it was so beautiful. The addition of the strings in it was just wonderful. And then there's, you know, a a lot of other songs of his that have strings already that just were so brought to life in that space that everyone was like, oh my God. Yeah, it was really, really, really great. Cool, just worked. Yeah. And then uh, I went to a nice jazz bar and saw some jazz called um, The Cotton Club in Hamburg. I will be returning as jazz bar in the world. <laughs> you made some friends. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I made, I have a pen pal now. <laughs> this um, slightly elderly um, sax player and we have swapped emails and we're going to email <laughs> about jazz. And I think he thinks I'm a gig organizer. Something got lost in translation because I was like, 
oh, you should, because he was like, if you're ever in Germany again, you know, you always have a place to stay and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, you should come to Ireland and play some gigs. And he was like, oh yeah, and where would I play gigs? And then something happened where I right. I think he genuinely okay. thinks I'm a gig organizer here. So you never, look out for that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Hamburg's unreal. Cool. Yeah, yeah especially with the addition of Father John Misty. Nice. Um, so from Father John Misty, mm-hmm. a, a man who sometimes has a big ego, Oh, yeah. Or can be considered to have a big ego. Sure. To a man with a super ego. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you ever considered getting a tattoo, Andrea? Um, no. No, I haven't. I'd love to get one, but I just wouldn't, I've never been able to figure out what I'd like. I'm always afraid I'd regret getting a really stupid tattoo. Well, don't do that when you're um, in, incapacitated somewhere or uh, at a festival, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't do those kind of things. But uh, one man who uh, is known for his bruised super ego uh drake <laughs> is in the news because he got one of the funniest looking tattoos i've ever seen so um, stupid. and totally in line with everything you think about drake he got a tattoo on his left arm which appears to be himself giving the fingers to the beatles crossing uh uh the cover of uh abbey road the way they're crossing the the, the street yeah. there so it's the and he's walking the in four front lads, the Fab Four, walking across the road with himself in front, either giving the fingers to them as if he's saying, "I am the biggest artist in the world." Fuck you, Beatles. Um, or he's like uh, waving at them. I'm not sure. It's too small. I don't think he's out. waving at them. But I'd say it's so funny. It's like, oh my god, Drake, reel it back in a bit. Like. Are we all agreed that Drake is the worst? He is the worst, right? I'm sure he is. I I wonder if he's like that in real life. Is well, he's he's doing a track with Chris Brown, so that pretty much cemented him under the ground for me. Like he did, he's gone. Like I hate him. I hate Drake, and I will still defend Hotline Bling <laughs> until my dying but, breath. But yeah, this time. But if he releases an album next week, are we gonna have to chat about it? Yeah, like obviously, like. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like the sl- the sludge that was uh, going through Scorpion, oh, that like that so... spe- episode we did about a year last year. Maybe, yeah, maybe? and I was like, it was when we were newly doing the podcast, so I was like, right, I really have to like you know delve in deep into this album, and I like it remains so so many of those songs. There's stuff that, you know, I information that I had in my brain that isn't there anymore because I listened to those songs and it just pushed it out. I just, ah, oh, Drake, what are you doing? Yeah. And like, I didn't even know Drake was like a tattooed man. Well, because it seems to be just there on its own. Because that seems more in line with what he'd be yeah, into as be. well. He'd get like temporary tattoos of Care Bears and uh, himself giving the fingers to the Beatles. Yeah. Maybe. That's I'm dope. not sure. Um, in Aesop Rocky news, today he was found guilty of assault in Sweden, but will serve no more jail time, apparently. All this thing is now over. He's done, um, I think he did, He there were prosecutors were asking for a six-month prison sentence um, for his part in this street fight, brawl, whatever you call it, in Stockholm on June 30th. Um, all very strange, and he was deemed a flight risk and therefore put in jail. Trump and Kardashian, Kim Kardashian and Kanye got involved. Weird world, right? So weird. You're like, you know, I wonder how he feels about all that stuff being like somebody like like Trump representing him and using him as like to try and score cool points, essentially. Yeah. Very strange altogether. I but reckon Kanye has information on Trump. <laughs> you think? And he was like, I'm going to tell people what you did if you don't get my mate out of jail. And like, 
Yeah, it's just such a weird world. We're definitely in a very strange space where we're, you know, talking about Trump, ASAP Rocky, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West in like a law dispute. Yeah. Internationally. Internationally. It's like, if you've seen Veep, there is like a character in Veep from like one of the Scandinavian countries who's like this foreign secretary and comes in every now and again and she's like a, a joke uh, foil and, and it's really funny. Yeah. Played by an English actress that you know really well if you saw her, but like you don't know what her name is. She's fantastic. But um, it's the same as that. It's like international dispute over stupid stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And strange. yeah, it seems like it came down to there not being enough evidence to prove that um, the uh, victim was actually struck in the back of the head with the bottle, which was the crux of the, uh, of the prosecution's case. So yeah. it just came down to like, lack of evidence there and he's off now and he can get back to you know it's a shame he, he couldn't say, play he was, all those he was festivals guilty then he was, he was too yeah. guilty but yeah like, yeah, not, like not as enough. in the, the the fight did happen you yeah. know like there was videos and stuff of it i, but I watched some of them and i was like they seem to be really antagonizing him yeah and see i, I don't know what like the self-defense laws are in sweden pe- men who were like i don't know maybe with mental health issues i don't know yeah don't know. anyway this whole thing is over now ASAP Rocky won't be going to Stockholm no. or Sweden in any time soon anyway. So that's something. <laughs> Probably um, not. Sorry, in, Sweden. In, uh, is it in the world like uh, trade of uh, rappers like Tyler Creators, uh, New Zealand uh, oh, ban yeah. got lifted at the, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago. So we've, we've traded in yeah. some way. There must be some um, system at play. Uh, and with music and politics stuff intersecting again, Cardi B interviewed Bernie Sanders. I didn't know this. Tell it's me on more. Her Instagram. Um, only she did it for CNN. We haven't seen. There's only been one clip up, I think, so okay. far, where she asked about minimum wage uh, for uh, working Americans. I'd, I'd say she she was really good. She was like, great. She, yeah. she has shit to say. Clip, like, that's all I've seen. Mm. But there's going to be more of it. Um, so I'm definitely going to watch. I'm more excited of that. to see that. Yeah, yeah. She's just like I just I would listen to Cardi because I was a really early adopter of Cardi B. Like I was watching her like long, long, long before she was. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was there for the taking. Um, Yeah, I was watching her like way before her music career happened. And I would just watch her talk about anything, like just give her a topic and just see her go off. She's unbelievable. I'm a fan of her. Big fan. Okay, that's it for news and and general talk this week. Uh, We are going to move on to songs of the week. Our first song of the week this week is from a band who released an album called UFOF already this year. We talked about it on the podcast about three months ago. They're already back. And this song is called Not from Big Thief. It's not the energy reeling, nor the lines in your face, nor the clouds on the ceiling. Clouds in space. It's not the phone on the table, nor the bed in the earth, nor the bed in the stable, nor your stable words. It's not the formless being, nor the cry in the air, nor the boy I'm seeing with her long.
That is Big Thief. The uh, song is called Not. So yes, I don't know if this was uh, known before this week that they had released or had recorded a second album uh, at the same time. Three weeks after they recorded UFOF, they, which was recorded in Washington State, they went to Sonic Ranch Studio, the same place our album of the week from Bon Iver was recorded, actually, some of it. Um, so that's near the Mexico border. Um, they called this album, which is going to be called Two Hands, um, the Earth Twin to UFOF's The Celestial Twin. Um, so, so hyped for this. Yeah, apparently it was all recorded um, live with almost no overdubs, uh, with two songs featuring, all but two songs featuring entirely live vocal takes. Um, it's out on October 11th, and uh, I recognise this song mm-hmm. from their gig in Vicker Street. Yes. As soon as I heard it, I was like, I've heard this. I've yeah. heard this before. I didn't catch, I didn't like catch that at all until you said it to me, and I was, I'd completely forgotten that they said, here's a new song that we're working on. Because I remember thinking, how are you working on new music? You just wrote and released one of the best albums of the year, like, and you're touring it right now. How are you doing this? Absolute beasts, like, just... But I suppose maybe, like, with with the context of there being, like, an Earth sister to the celestial U- UFOF, it probably, it probably follows on very easily in terms of them writing it. They're like, okay... We, we're still kind of working within the same conceptual framework here. We're just looking at it from a different perspective, um, which is what I think they did really well on yeah. that album. So I'm yeah, so we happy they're like... Yeah, about in, in depth about, yeah, know, about the kind of like magic hour feel of it all. And yeah. It kind of felt like a deja vu dream, some of it. So I think it's really cool that they're expanding that universe to include like another perspective on the same topic. I'm like, yeah, I love that. And I love that it wasn't like, I mean there will no doubt be issues of this release that will be like a double album. But I love that it's two separate albums because when I, when I saw the news on Twitter, it was like Big Thief to release an album, you know, later in 2019, I thought it was an old article. And then I, I was just like, oh, and, and there's a new song and it's really, really good. Yeah. What do you make of the song? I love it. I love it. I think it's yeah. great. I think it stands up to the strongest work on the last album mm. and uh, it does fit really well with that vibe. So yeah. I have high hopes for that. You can Two definitely hear it. one year. Yeah. Spoiling us. Okay. Um, that's going to be good. And yeah, I'm sure we'll hear something else before October, but maybe not. But like that is... Yeah, that's enough for me. I'm like, this is this is going to be worth hearing again. Absolutely, sure. yeah. And um, I think you can really hear that, you know, live take in her vocals. We have we have electric guitars here as well that were that weren't you know overly prevalent on the last record. It was a bit more kind of spacey. Yeah, there's um, a full six minute version of this song. It's a bit more of a wig out. On yeah. It, so um, I think they did that live as well. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's Big Thief, the song is called Not. Up next is Marie Davidson with a song called Chasing the Light.
That is Marie Davidson, Chasing the Light. That is a once-off kind of like new track from her after her uh, album from last year, which was called um, Working Class Woman. And uh, she was nominated for a Polaris Music Prize. She is from Canada, uh, French-Canadian mostly. And uh, yeah, there's a, she had, her album last year was really good, but I think the complete standout on it was a song called Work It, which I really loved. It was just like a cheeky song about working hard and uh, it was a bit of a flexor mm-hmm. uh, pencil pair of music as it's been described before. Did we cover that on the podcast? Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah that's there's a Soul Wax remix that uh, features um, that is all, is almost better than the original and that is on um, this 12 inch so I was like, yeah, give it to me, I want this. Mm-hmm. Um, Davidson said of this track, uh, she did it for the Working Class Woman tour. It's a fascinating Energizing musical journey that's meant to keep you moving from start to finish. Yes, you can hear a bit of that. Um, I'm particularly happy about the many melodic sequences and bass line on this one. It's my take on trance music. But as with everything I do, I try not to pastiche a style, but only take the references that inspire me to make something on my own terms. It seems like a good way to approach things. Indeed. Um, yeah, I'm just a fan of her and what she does. Um, and I hope she continues to gain more recognition. And this is like a once-off track that, you know, it does as maybe playing it in a preview form or, or clipped form doesn't give it its full uh, potential. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely like a journey that you go on throughout it. Like I, I'm the first to admit that I, I find it difficult to like think critically about, you know, kind of club dance music. Um, and this would be in, in that realm where I'm like, I just like what I like and I like this. Um, yeah, it fine. definitely feels like to... a bit of a journey and you zone out while you're in it and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, now we're here. Yeah, I saw a funny, like an interesting discussion last week on Twitter from some dance music producers who were, it was a quote actually from uh, somebody who was interviewed and they were like, you know, people are always at the current, there's a real trend at the moment of people talking about how all this like instrumental music represents me and my true self. I was like, that's not always true. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you just actually you're making music, you want to put something out there, it doesn't have to represent who you are as yeah. a person. And that's the nice thing about this kind of music, like making dance music or electronic music. It doesn't have to be, this is of my soul. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a different kind of thing. And that's great. Sometimes it can just be about the music. And that's and quite freeing for a lot of people as yeah. well, rather than be, you know, um, which we'll talk a about. a story them. about my childhood. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Well, well, that can work too, but like, it also doesn't have to be that. Like, yeah. And I think sometimes that it, the, the discourse around music as well can be so heavy with meaning and intent that like it's sometimes forget that you know you can just enjoy a bop yeah. you just yeah. enjoy a big long six minute trancy bop yeah or whatever you want love it absolutely yeah. i'm in <laughs> great okay our next track this week is from an our artist called rhapsody um who's brought in some heavy hitters with her this week it is uh d'angelo and jizza and this is a song called ibtihaj Maybe a stage, they trippin' and they say they got beef Ain't an MC on this earth that make me feel afraid Wu-Tang for the children, that's a scripture and phrase See my goals from a bird's view like Trey, underage I am Cisco, yeah. to live out the day yeah. And you can trip me yeah. some hay So what can you have to say? You can call me all Now on to the mental place yeah. Spark the brain, yeah. the building to be yeah. Just on the track when I'm so off the radar, it's very hard to find me In space, they selfie with the earth behind me You follow the leader, the track is off the meter A lot of rap is weak, low frequency in the tweeters Very inaudible, clock radio speakers Quietly whispering, there's a world of wiki leakers 
Forget the guardianist, my method is nauseant Transferring ideas into the brains of the audience The street poet gave the special art form A global reach, you earn your ear, then your heart By giving a local speech, we even wonder what words that is Rhapsody, a rapper from uh, North Carolina, I believe, uh, has a few albums out, but has a forthcoming album called Eve, and that is the uh, opening uh, track that we've heard from it, bringing in a couple of heavy hitters, D'Angelo and Jizza, uh, sampling, obviously, Jizza's Liquid Swords track as well, and uh, a real uh, production is by Ninth Wonder, who a lot of people know for like just making amazing uh, rap music, and one of the biggest producers in the game, really, uh, over the years. I love this. Um, you, do you want to tell us what it's about? Because yes. you have a particular reason to bring it up. Um, so <laughs> um, it is paying tribute to um, Ibtihaj Muhammad. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Who was the first American woman to wear a hijab while competing for the United States at the Olympics. Um, and she was competing in an old sport of mine, women's saber, uh, which is fencing. This was news to me today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, what else are we going to find out about you in the in the near oh, future? I'm, I'm, I contain multitudes. You've <laughs> no idea. Um, but yeah, how long did you do that for fencing? Right, did, it's a form yeah. of fencing. Yeah, saber. It's so there's three kinds of fencing. You got foil, you got epee, and you got saber. She did saber. I did Sabre, not equating the two of us at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so obviously it was, you know, a, a big deal. So in the music video, which is a beautifully shot um, video, I just think it's so, it's such a kind of a powerful, like, it's such powerful imagery of, like, Muslim women just being ballers. I love it. But interspersed with that is some clips of fencing. And I got really excited when I heard about this. And I was like, yeah, we're going to see some Sabre. Because, you know, Sabre, as as a version of fencing, is often overlooked in, like, film. And, like, you think of, like, Die Another Day and those kind of things. They never really get it right. And in this, they do get it right, except the images or the... The video that's shown isn't fa- isn't Saber. It's Epe. It's just the wrong one. Minus you know? points. Yeah, it just <laughs> it took away from the whole song. It didn't. The song's fantastic. Yeah. The song's great. Um, yeah, Rhapsody's been around for a while. She was on Anderson Pack's Malibu album. She's mm. on Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp Butterfly." Uh, along with like the likes of Talib Kweli in the past, um, uh, a nice flex to get D'Angelo on your track, big time, like hard man to get hold of. Totally. Um, I'm a year or a month behind everyone else, but on this, but um, I was playing that Red Dead Redemption Two game, and there was a beautiful moment where I had forgotten this had happened because I'd heard about it back oh, in, when it came out. Into the... There's a D'Angelo track on it. Yeah at one point and it's just like one of the best uses of a song i've seen i've seen in a game ever but like just generally it was like oh, so well yeah well placed i was like whoever did that this is a fucking good job yeah it's a great um, song as well unshakable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that the angelo track from last year that um was in the game first i think yeah it yeah. was it came out like alongside the game yeah as part of that package uh, it's yeah. great and it's I, really, that game really takes so long to play that like it was like months later you might you're only getting to it. it now yeah like, oh yeah. yeah that was in it yeah <laughs> I've, I've seen the clip i've watched on youtube the clip where where it kicks in and i was like yeah god i wish i played that game now for yeah. that moment oh uh, it's great i'm really i'm still really enjoying it yeah um so that was rhapsody with jizza and d'angelo our final track for this week is from hair squid and this is a song called petty no lie, I need you Girl, you're really bad, bad, but you're too petty You know I want you Why you so petty with me? Why you so petty with me? 
Selfish, you know self-love is best You know your worth and it makes me trash Curse for too long, come make me blessed I just wanna roll, let me know so we can go Hey, huh, yeah, dog on a leash, I'm a feet for Tanika Round, but you still ain't tryna be, yes sir, yes sir Give me cheek, take a seat, yes sir Getting me horny like beep, beep, yeah Better start counting me in like one, two, three Trust you to hold me down like police so, And you abuse the law, I believe Hit him up like a phrase Gotta let you know I'm in your city You know I want you No lie, I need you Girl, you're really bad, bad, but you're too pretty You know I want you Why you so petty with me? Why you so petty with me? Girl, you know you're petty and I'm bad for them Girl, you know you're petty and I'm bad for them Girl, you know you're petty and I'm bad for them So that's why you go hard on them as a new track from Hair Squid, uh, first song, well, the second song they've released this year that is called Petty. It features Sean Shade and Wusu. Um, Hair Squid are uh, currently an interesting proposition. Uh, I guess they've changed a lot from where they started about four years ago. Uh, emerged as a trio originally, and uh, I remember Howard last year's festival that year, 2015. They were just like super impressive and came out with these songs. I was like, where did this band come from? Um, they're from Blanchestown and Tala, I believe. Um, they signed a big deal with Sony at the time and uh, released a couple of tracks that had a really big EP, couldn't tracks like Her Side Story. And uh, then I don't really know what happened. I know the singer, the main uh, guy, Jesse Rose, left the band and Lilo Blues and Tony Constant were were left and they are continuing hair squid they i think they've left um well i'm not sure they've left sony exactly but they signed a distribution deal with atlantic and in an atlantic imprint called indie pop which releases the likes of uh theophilus london they have an ep out in november um i'm interested in this because it just sounds i'm interested to see where they're going with this because uh hair squid has showed a lot of promise they supported you a few years ago um and then nothing really came of it and mm. they were quiet and i know so jesse left the band um so i'm not really sure this is like the second track they've released i think the problem i'm not the problem i have but the concern i have is that like when you make music of um there's a lot of this kind of music out here at the moment like r&b and pop and kind of club uh rhythms and stuff like that so they say themselves that this is like a, a inspired by afropop uk rap and dance hall um, it was recorded in grouse lodge um um <laughs> which the press release said renowned as being my, one of Michael Jackson's favourite holiday spots but probably not a good time to bring him just, up just, just leave that just cut that out uh, really, yeah and they describe it as a summer bop uh, and they say it's hard to know where our inspiration comes from but we listen to a lot of different genres and this is just how we were feeling that day I think that's what gets the problem gets to the crux of the problem for, for me and the concern I'd have for Hair Squad is like how do you stand out when you sound like so many different things mm. on different songs Um so I don't know, maybe they, I think they maybe need to figure out, this definitely sounds more like an American kind of style thing, which I think makes sense. I think it was recorded with uh, different people, uh, the song itself. Uh, I think the uh, people involved in it, um, there's a dance hall MC, Wusu, and uh, Shauna Shade is the singer on it. Um, yeah, I'm just interested to see where they're going with it. Um, they have still to show their true potential. I okay. think, for in my eyes, they have been. I had them play live for me once. They were fantastic. Twice, mm. actually, they were brilliant. Um, but they're a different proposition now, so I'm interested to see what happens with them. Mm. So that's 
checking in with her squad i guess yeah <laughs> i i um i'm familiar with them apart, apart from the song um and yeah i th- i think it's it's a it's as upbeat as you can possibly get and i think you are right in saying that it does sound like a lot of other music that's going on right now and you know from like a band positioning perspective that might necessarily be a bad thing like hopefully this could be like i i can see why you would you know return with the the easy listen like something that is easily digestible for listeners now um given where kind of pop music is you know overlapping with like afrobeat and dancehall and that kind of stuff so i'm like yeah i i'm i'm not like bowled over by this track like i think what it's doing it's doing well it's just not it's not grabbing me in an, uh, anything more than like a kind of a i can definitely dance along to this so but it has piqued my interest a lot in what the future of the project will be like it sounds a bit like something that you know if you, if you were cynical about it you could mm. say that it's the kind of music that fits into spotify algorithmic playlists very yeah. easily yeah um but i i expect more from hair squared and uh, and in fairness you know they will be releasing an, an ep in november maybe yeah. no more i'd love them to hear an album from them and see where they're at i'd love them to do more gigs and see mm. where they're at as well because clearly what they're doing here like it it is really well polished and it's a really well put together track everything you know the sequence makes sense it's all everything's there and i just like to kind of i i just feel like i didn't learn a whole lot about them which you don't have to from every song obviously nope. but as, as we've discussed but it's it's definitely piqued my interest enough to be like okay i'm absolutely going to be keeping an eye out on what these guys do if they are going to continue with this kind of dance hall really really upbeat high energy thing or if they're gonna swap and change styles a little bit and experiment a bit more because you know they have the freedom to do that as well yeah sure um i yeah i'm just looking forward to hearing what they do i think there's a always that thing when a band goes and tries to uh, break into other territories outside of their home country you kind of maybe you don't really feel the same connection to them sure um so i'm interested also to hear what jesse rose who left the band is going to be doing he apparently working on solo stuff for the last while so we'll see what happens yeah. that is hair square the song is called petty now it is time for our album of the week. It is from Bonnie Ver. It is called I I and I, I. this is the sound of one of the songs from it. I wanted a bed Tell the story or it goes Tell the story or it goes Full time you talk your money up while it's living in a coal mine It is Bonnie Ver. It is called I I. 
It was released three weeks early. Um, it was supposed to be out on August 30th originally and then appeared all of a sudden. Um, it just thrown my tracks. writing schedule all out of whack. <laughs> Your review schedule, yeah. My yeah, review yeah. schedule, yeah. Um, oh, well. So it's the it. fourth album from Bonnie Burr um, following this, uh, which I didn't really know about. Is this a, is this a new thing for that he's uh, put out now? That uh, this is a autumn album where... The winter album was for Emma Forever Go. Spring was the self-titled album, and uh, Twenty Two Million was the unhinged summer album. Apparently, yeah, b- big big hit of summer that year. Twenty Two yeah. Million, yeah, <laughs> absolute banger. Yeah, heard in all the clubs. Sound of summer. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I don't know if this is a new thing. Uh, yeah, so last week. Um, he started putting out the tracks on the Wednesday, I think. Maybe? Yeah, so there was some listening parties. Yeah, I they think, did the listening the parties, Wednesday. which yeah. were announced very late. Um, only on the day, actually, here. I think it was the day before, yeah. yeah and the Dublin and Cork. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the one in Tower, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so maybe it was a day or two later, and then um, the album came out. And then all 12 tracks were up, actually, on the Thursday. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I the only thing I was missing was the first opening track, which is just like an intro. It must have just been a leak or something. And he was like, okay, just put it out. It's funny. Like, I think that's, it's great. Maybe it's just me, but like, I don't see leak stuff happen anymore. No. So maybe it doesn't happen as much anymore, but um, maybe, I yeah. certainly wasn't looking for it or anything like that. But like, yeah, maybe if you go looking for it, you might see it more obviously. But yeah, yeah I don't know. Anyway. It means we had something, an album to talk about this week. Yeah, and a good great. album. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so recorded at Sonic Ranch, which we mentioned earlier on, and um, where uh, Big Teeth also recorded, and the April Bass in Wisconsin, which is his big uh, recording studio uh, base, as it says, and mm. um, where he's recorded a lot of his stuff recently. Um, he says of this album, Justin Vernon says of this album, it feels very much like the most out record, the most complete feels like when you get through all this life when the sun starts to set and what happens is you start gaining perspective and then you can put that perspective into more honest generous work so um how are you finding uh i i almost a week after release i'm finding myself still enjoying it um after its kind of surprise entry into my life i've 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 been a bonnie Ver fan since the first album but I was really really taken by 22 a million and I think the impact that that album has had on kind of pop and alt music like can't be understated like and even Vernon's work elsewhere with other projects like the People Project the work he did with Kanye West like it's it has impacted music so much that when you it's interesting to come back to that sound again with with all of that perspective I think and I think there is something autumnal in that where this is this is wrapping up something that happened in the summer do you know where yeah there's is speculation that you know it might be the end of a certain era of the Bonnie Ver project yeah um, I think that would make sense given it the, could the make cycle sense. yeah it does have a kind of a natural cycle to it other than the seasonal one but it just uh, musically yeah it does feel like that a bit as well I think specifically for this there's a lot of moving parts to it because of the nature of how he makes music now. Mm. He's no longer um, the lad in the cabin who who was selling uh, phones on Air Square in Galway. Yeah. He is um, part of a multi-headed collective. We mentioned the People Project earlier on. A lot of that uh, influence in terms of how they work, which is working with um, various different people and collaborators and trying and making out. sure to go out of your own style. Yeah, with it go out of your well. comfort zone and and make stuff, improv, whatever it is jam um and that 
uh, informs a lot of this record. And mm. I see, I feel a lot of um, similarities with this and the Nationals album, I'm Easy to Find, because of that, which yeah. makes sense because both of both the National Desner Brothers and Justin Vernon are make up the People Project. So yeah. it makes sense that there's some similar kind of tones or similar um energy collective mm. energy here um i there's a lot of guests on it but you wouldn't really know no, straight off know. No. and i think that's one of the best things about the likes of the national and the bonnie bear have hit on they found this place where they can bring in the likes of james blake or um spank rock naeem juan uh, francis and the lights moses sumney and at no point does any of it ever feel like you're serve, you're giving the song the spotlight to somebody else. They all mm. serve the song. Even I think the only thing that really stands out with me, and this is something that is just core to the Bonnie Vera sound now, is the drums mm. and Sean Carey's drums. Every time you hear them on a Bonnie Vera, I'm you're like, oh, mm-hmm. he's just hit on this like lovely marching band percussive style that really works and is come to define this era of Bonnie Vera for me. Yeah. Um, and I know he had an album himself, didn't he? A few years back. Not sure, Sean I haven't Curry listened to it. Wasn't, wasn't great now, but um, okay. I think that's just drums. serving the... What? Just drums. <laughs> just drums. <laughs> just hitting drums. And then Jen Wasner from uh, Y Oak is also involved on this album, as well as with Andrew Fitzpatrick, Mike Lewis, Matt McCon, and uh, Rob Moose as well. Um, I am finding... Uh, at first, I felt like this album was a continuation of uh, 22 Million... It's kind of it's harsh parts. It had that like industrial kind of sonic feel to some of it. Mm. And when I first listened to it a couple of times, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. It just seemed like two different albums were playing at once almost. It was like the start, the first few songs, there was a lot of different sonics going on. It kind of felt a bit obfuscated. Um, but then the, I think the melodies and the, it's definitely the centerpiece of this album really stands out. It has a lighter mood overall than 22 for a minute, 22 a million. Um, and maybe a more personal and human feel to things that uh, soon makes itself apparent in uh, the lyrics. Um, Luke uh, from 909, his, in his review today, he was talking about how the lyrics were very direct mm. and almost less abstract, but they're still abstract because they're like, they don't tell a story. Mm. They're not like, you know, I'm in a cabin in the woods. It's like mm. impressionistic, but still rooted in the personal and uh one of the quotes he has about uh, the album as well, this was something he provided to Apple Music, I think. Uh, there's a lot to be sad about, there's a lot to be confused about, there's a lot to be thankful for, and leaning on gratitude and appreciation of people around you can make you who you are, make you feel safe, and provide that shelter so you can be who you want to be. There's still that impetus in life. We need that. So he's talked about this kind of album in those terms. There was a Pitchfork um, profile cover story thing today um, where he talked about how he was very angry around 22 million, which you can kind of like the music would suggest that. Um, So he seems to be more at peace, uh, in a better place, and also maybe less like more going with the flow almost i feel with this album he feels like i feel like he's trying he's not holding on to bad things and he's letting things go a bit he did he did talk about that in the pitchfork interview that he you know he'd been to um rehab almost um and like looked after himself more and he was drinking too much at a time and Mm -hmm. taking too many drugs and stuff like that and i think he's still doing a bit of that but he's less um he seems more centered i i agree i think this album is a kind of a a positive way out of 22 a million which i think like 22 a million is kind of the 
epitome of just here's everything that I'm feeling in its rawest, most kind of visceral form, which I loved about it. Like I heard things on that album that I'd never heard before. And it it kind of like, I know it sounds like a huge overstatement, but that album kind of changed how I listen to music in a lot of ways or changed how open I am to like that level of experimentation. And with this album, I think that, yeah, I, while while we we laugh about 22 a million being the summer album this is definitely a reflection upon that it's the opportunity like the sun is setting we've the opportunity to kind of look back at all of the like the the like the burned shoulders and the you know the all, all of the stuff that comes along with being so open and raw in your music that now that kind of more introspective reflection that is the sound of the first two albums is weaved in and I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said that it sounds like there's two albums playing at once and that works so so well because while 22 a million was such a stark jump from that sound of those first two albums this makes sense this is like I've learned from everything that's come before like both musically and thematically and kind of emotionally it is all there and it's a it's a very mature sound after what did sound like throwing your toys out of the pram emotionally with 22 a million. Now it's that bit more reflective. It's like you said, more direct in its lyrics. The metaphors are a lot easier to kind of get into. Like there's a song uh, called she, 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 yeah, I'm, I I can't do Uh, this. Apparently that stands for shittiest day in American history. Shittiest day in American history, which is the morning after um, the 2016 election in the U S um, and he said about that, it stands for shittiest day in American history, the day after Trump got elected. It's another that hung around as an improvised idea. We finally got to figure out where we're going with it. Um, and it's just one of my favorite moods on the album. And I think, yeah, like you, he's, I, I would have been disappointed if he had released an album and not addressed the state of the world in the kind of very poetic way that he can that kind of nearly only he can do it where you do kind of just want to run away into the woods um but he is much more overtly political on this at least yeah it's it's much easier to see exactly what he's talking but it feels like a political uh point of view that's rooted in the personal and how we're all viewing the rest of the world yeah as opposed to like there's a lot of talk you know a lot of the lyrics are there's lots of reference to creeks and green and stuff mm. like that where it's like clearly where he lives in Eau Claire, Wisconsin is a quite a rural place mm. and he's centered in that and yeah. he's looking at the world and bringing things in and throwing things out. And like, I think that's that that works well because you have these two very starkly different sonic worlds working together and like if if you wanted to be really kind of direct and obvious about it you you have the the harshness of 22 a million which comes in and it's you know it's anger and it's protest and it's like heavily kind of politically sounding like it sounds like it's mad at the government and then you've got you know this beautiful rural area in Wisconsin and it's 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 blending these two things together and showing that you know America or the world or whatever way you want to look at it his worldview is multifaceted he doesn't just live in the woods as much as we like to meme that, you know, he he's he still lives in America where 
we've said before in the podcast, it's on fire and, you know, things are really, really tough at the minute. You know, we got global warming and stuff. So it, it makes sense that his kind of portrayal and images of how beautiful his surroundings are, are starkly contrasted with that much more kind of clambering cacophony of, you know, just noise, because that's sort of what I imagine it must feel like to live somewhere nice in America. Yeah, but I think that also represents and reflects how most people feel about what's going on in the world, because we all live our own lives, and that stuff impacts us, and Mm. you can't help it to impact us. But in the same way, you know, there's a lot of, like there's the duality of that like somebody living in the modern world that's how i feel like this album is is about yeah it's about like you know enjoying those moments being with your friends um gratitude for people being with a community and all those things but also being mad about things like in in you man like he said how much caring is there for some american love when there's lovers sleeping in the streets Mm -hmm. and then later on in the on the last song and rabbi he said so what if this release some life feels good now don't it don't have to have a leaving plan nothing's going to ease your mind well it's all fine and we're all fine anyway Mm -hmm. so there's a kind of an uplifting personal story to that where you're like look the world is fucked but you know there's still good things yeah i think it definitely asks you to contextualize your emotions in a way that is like not as damaging as only ever looking at the news it's it's kind of it's making the point that there actually despite everything there is good in the world and there's beauty in the world and there are things to celebrate and there are nice and gentle things going on but we we can't have that without you know you don't know the good unless you kind of compare it to the bad and I think he's done that so well on this album where he has married anger and frustration with you know thank god we're all alive sort of thing um and it's just, yeah, it's it's just, it's such a, with, with every album he releases, there's just so much more maturity and him as a musician, as a lyricist. And I think that this, this is such a, it's both a logical step and a kind of creative leap for him where he's just thrown yeah, himself in, you it know? It does feel a bit like a freeing thing for him yeah. to do that. And that's why it, it would make sense that this does feel like the end of a cycle yeah and i think we definitely need to get away from that whole um narrative of the man in the woods um yeah he is driving a tesla tesla around the place is he yeah so like he's not he's not the man in the woods camping up no he they're good for the environment for though aren't time. they well i, I mean know. they're good for elon musk's pocket well he certainly hasn't um let himself uh go in the same way that uh drake has <laughs> you know but uh he's maybe he does have an ego but it's not as obvious as, <laughs> as drake yeah i yeah. think so i also i love the cover art on this album i think it's just really it's way more playful than i would have expected from him oh no sorry not the cover art it's the 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 promo images that of him um that is quite, that where kind he of, isn't wearing a cap and you can see he has a bald and he, head he has like a little flower or something covering yeah. his eye he just looks really playful in them but and i'm like that, oh look at you, to me you is know? like the fact that this is he has been wearing a hat and maybe there's some personal thing where he's you know feels self-conscious about you know like losing his hair mm. on the cover or that uh, image that's on is that at the co- i think that is the cover no no the cover is, is oh, sorry, uh, yeah, kind yeah, of an abstract yeah. uh, but that thing. picture yeah it's like here i am this yeah. is me. Yeah. I'm not worried about things. It's so much more forthcoming than yeah. the kind of, you know, shots of him far away wearing like 
plaid shirts and holding a guitar in the middle of the woods. It's way more like here, here I am. Everything's a bit mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I really, really like that. I think I thought it was really good. What are your favorite record or tracks on this? Um, I love Hey Ma. I think this the, the the tracks around it gave it a lot more content. I I loved it when it came out, but it, I think it sounds even better on the album. It does, doesn't it? Like it, and it's it's the center point. It's absolutely. I I think yeah. it's it's the point in the album where it's it shifts, and we get more of him and then it's followed up by you man like which is one of the best songs he's ever written it's I'm so inclined to agree with you it's yeah. the only thing about it is just too short it is yeah <laughs> but those three songs hey ma you you man like and naeem are all beautiful songs yeah. and i think i feel like the rest of this album gravitates around yeah um and i really think yeah hey ma sounds fantastic on this uh, uh sequence of uh, of tracks and mm. you man like yeah that's that's been my favorite track for sure Me since too. it came out so yeah, so I'm really enjoying this record, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's how, it. How do you feel about it in the Bonnie Bear kind of discography so far? Where, where like, do you place it? All of it is just feels like such a logical step on from mm. the last one that it's really hard for me to like rank them in that way. Yeah. I think it's too early to say how, how to, where this sits, mm. really, because I felt the same about 22 minutes. It took me so long to get into the album. Or oh, really? Get near it, yeah. I this one, the, I'm much quicker with it, but um, yeah, I just couldn't get into it at first. But I'm, and I felt like that the first few listens I had this, I was like, I'm not sure about this. The first time I heard 22 million, I, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. I was, I couldn't get over, like, I spent so long with that album just just listening to that album that basically and it's funny that this is the autumn record because I spent all of that autumn listening to 22 million. And yeah, I don't think anything. Like well, maybe, it is still summer. It is still summer, technically, yeah. But um, I maybe he will, but I don't think anything will ever hit me the way that that album did. It just had such an impact. It found me at the right time kind of thing. But this, I I, I pair it. This would have never happened without that. So I feel like that that needed to happen in order for this new yeah. sound to grow. And I you feel know? the same about the first, the first two albums. Mm. They kind of pair well together and these yeah. two pair well together. So you're like, cool. Yeah, Great. like spring and summer and autumn yeah, and winter. So yeah. it works. Yeah. It works. Great. Um, so that's Bonnie Vare's album, I I Here's another bit of a song. Uh, why don't we play uh, You Man Like because we like it so much. This yes. is You Man Like. There is no more and there's right in the common case. It ain't nothing what you say is true. With your long arms strapped and just give some. Presently it does include my dues Ain't your standard premonitions All this phallic repetition Or you tell yourself a tale or two Man like you Man improved Bring those dead alive Like Cara Jenny on the 
just zoning out to that there. That was Man Like You uh, from Bonnie Bear's album I I. Uh, very much recommended from the panel here. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the panel recommend. Uh, well done, uh, Justin. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, really enjoying that. So, what else have you been going on in your world at the moment, uh, Dre? Uh, what have you been listening, reading, or watching in the last week? I am still, for listening, I'm still on my Bruce Springsteen journey. Oh yeah, where are I'm you at? I'm happy to what announce. What year are you at? Uh, I don't know what year actually, but I, I've gotten up to Born to Run. Delighted and, to announce. Uh, uh, like, I'm happy to announce. It finally happened. And I'm like, I keep, it's really embarrassing, but I keep saying to people like, have you listened to Born to Run? <laughs> like, and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, it's one of the best albums I've recorded. And they're like, yeah, Andrea, like we, <laughs> we actually, you're really quite late to this. God, it's so good. Like, it's. It's like li- listening to the, to the albums going up to that. They're so different. It's kind of like being in, I just kept coming back to this image in my head of like going into like a really beautiful hallway and thinking that that's the place that you're there to see. And you're like, wow, isn't it beautiful? And then a door opens and there's a cathedral and that's born to run. And you're like, oh my God, it's huge in here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing. And I actually like born to run was my Springsteen album for last week and I haven't moved on yet because I'm just still loving it so much take your time like it made me cry a song hasn't made me cry in a really long time it was the first song on it what's it called well it gave it gave me a tear um you shed a tear I shed a tear I was like oh Thunder Road of course Thunder Road like (laughs) have you heard Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen (laughs) you should check it out it's really (laughs) Um, so yeah I've been listening to Springsteen um, and not much else because obviously I've been very busy Uh, reading I'm reading Bridget Jones's diary um, because I've never read it before it's really fun really great I'm about halfway through it now and I'm flying through it I'm kind of at the moment I'm doing, you know, the Goodreads 50 books a year thing and I'm very much behind. I think I'm on 23 books, so I'm seven books behind at the minute. So I'm looking for those kind of like reads that are just page turners, don't have to think too much. Not that like it's not a thought provoking book, but like books that I can just kind of fly through easily. Yeah, Yeah, easy, easier read. Um, So Bridget Jones Diary. And then for watching, I, I was like, God, I haven't been watching much lately. But for whatever reason, in the past two days, like after work, I've just watched four Hunger Games films. Fine, like do it. Watched all four of them. Um, the it's first the one summer. still stands up so well. The second one also stands up really I well. Seen the last two. Yeah, like the third one's good. The fourth one is really stupid. Right. It is. Have you read the books? No. Oh, okay. Well, the book the book ending is kind of like oh, okay, whatever. And oh, in the film, it just, it shines a light on how bad it is. Like just a really, really stupid film that oh, it's just a, such a shame in the franchise. But I think the first three still really, really stand up. I don't yeah. think, like I know The Hunger Games was huge, but I don't think like as good f- filmmaking and good storytelling, it got enough credit in its in its day. And I definitely think but I they prefer. They were huge, right? They were huge. They were huge. But it was one of those things where, because teenage girls loved it. Like Twilight. Yeah, Except Twilight's bad. Right, yeah. But, <laughs> but like, like, it be- was so big. Yeah. Like, because teenage girls well. loved it, it kind of wasn't taken as seriously as other things. But I right. definitely recommend revisiting the, the Hunger Games films, especially the first one. It's really good. Uh, that's it for me, I think, yeah. Cool. Uh, I've been listening to something very different than what I normally would be listening to, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's an album called Cairo Concepts. 
uh, just discovered it through Boomcat actually last week. It was it is an album of kind of it's called Maharaganat. I can't actually go. That's a terrible pronunciation. It's music from Egypt. Okay. Uh, all kind of strange dance floor music. Um, kind of underground stuff. Uh, DJ Haram of Hyperdub is involved. DJ Plead. Um, and it's basically a an Egyptian take on underground dance music and lots of. Arabic melodies and electro kind of vibe. Electro chabi is actually what it's called sometimes. And uh, Ma Raganat, I think it's what it's called. Uh, so Cairo Concept, it's basically a compilation of music from uh, Egypt cool. uh, that came out recently. Um, very, very different. And um, because it's so different, that's why I'm enjoying it so much. Excellent. Kind of like, um, you know, I love hearing that kind of dance music uh, cast in that Arabic style. There's um, an Irish producer called Moving Still who uh, has released a couple of things uh, that we put out this year that we really enjoyed. Uh, he has a new track coming out that got played on the main stage by Pam's Tracks at Deck Mantel last week. So very played to him. That's good. good but he, he makes some of that kind of Arabic influence that's his background so he has some of that Arabic influence in his dance music and mm. there's a bit of a there's every few years there's a bit of a trend where people dip in back into that and I'm hearing a bit more of that again this year and so Kyra Concepts is part of that I guess I'm just you know a reminder that you know it's not just uh, German white guys making techno yeah, <laughs> for sure. or dance music and thankfully there's many more people of de- very different stripes making music uh, all around the world yeah. and it's a nice reminder when you find something like that you're like yes I love this, this is so I, rem- I remember reading an article a couple of years ago I'll find it and send it to you about it was an underground I think it was a maybe a punk scene in Egypt but like Egyptian music seems to be like there seems to be just like so many different things going on um that do have that like heavily you know inspired by like more traditional music there um influences in them and it seems like a really interesting place for people to be making music you know yeah yeah totally so it's nice to hear um you know ancient world new world so nice to hear something from egypt um tv wise i've been watching loads of stuff i watched the first episode of that tv show euphoria that everyone was talking about i really enjoyed it but i've only seen the first one Um, that other tv show that i really like based in the x-men um universe legion is back it's so weird and so good i just oh, like that was the the one i hated you hated that did you I'd never had such a negative response to a television. I'm like, sorry, because I know you like it, but I watched the first two episodes of it and I came out of it angry. Mm. I couldn't believe it. I just really enjoy it. It's Noah Hawley who did um, the uh, Fargo TV show as well. I love his visual style. He's uh, very playful and and I could just watch it with the sound off. No okay. problem. Yeah. Um, I mo- It's a bit like the only like... This is a, a lofty um, comparison. Oh, that's what we're here for. Do it. <laughs> Do it. But the closest I can think of in terms of like how a TV show can both confuse you and entertain you is Twin Peaks. It feels like that Ooh. level of like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Big words. But I'm really enjoying just watching this. Sure. Um, like even though it might, it's all like it's set in the X-Men universe. It shouldn't be good. Mm. Um in this, it shouldn't be as ambitious as it is, you yeah. know, but it, like, it just doesn't even feel like it is set in that world. It's just like, you never know where it's going to go. Uh, the first episode of uh, season three had uh, the band Superorganism turned up and sang uh, Everybody Wants to Be Famous. Not not that one, one of the other songs that they have from the first album. That's like, gas. I was like, and I copped it. I was like, this, uh, 
this girl walks in, she's a time traveler, and she walks into this shop and it's like, that looks like the band Super Organism. And then they started singing and I was like, oh, cool. Class. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm enjoying that. Uh, other thing I'm enjoying, which is one of the best TV shows I've seen in a long, long time, which is also back uh, this week, is uh, called Succession. Have you seen this? No. It's no. so good. It's basically about... Um, a family, uh, a media conglomerate family kind of cast in a Trump style where the uh, Brian Cox is the CEO and all his family who are all tough and annoying little shits um, and grown up. But uh, Kieran, Are there two Brian Coxes in the world? Yeah. It's not Brian Cox Brian? the physicist, is it? Maybe I'm getting his name wrong, am I? Um, I'll check. Um, but Kieran Culkin is in it. He's great. He's this like sarky young um upstart younger brother um and it's just a fantastic show it's so caustic and mm -hmm. toxic but somehow so enjoyable this is one of those things that like you don't want to stop watching you're just like this is so fascinating and i'm so into it there um, are two brian coxes sorry yes there is an actor yes. <laughs> he's yeah, scottish yes that's him um and it's just a fantastic show about like the, the whole concept in the first season was about and it's kind of continued now is like who's going to succeed his character in the family uh, mm. as as the ceo okay. and the power plays that happens between family and it shouldn't be great but it absolutely but is, it is. Yeah. great and like they're so pathetic and toxic and horrible yet fascinating to watch Class. it's brilliant it's really good and uh, so that's succession that's back this week did we discuss did you finish stranger things yeah, yeah, we did uh, uh, last did, week. Did no, we, we talk about it? No, you know, no, no, not at all. About finishing it, I also finished it. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. I just thought it was the most fun thing ever. It, uh, felt, it felt like a much more self-contained story maybe than the second one. I much prefer it to the second season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first season, season I think is its own thing. It's it, it can just exist on its own in a little bottle. But I just found like the brightness of this, just how like ridiculous all the characters were like the mayor and the russians and like and the whole yeah, situation russians with bad the bad guys really <laughs> yeah but it's it, it kind of just 80s, ca calls like... back to that kind of like good good versus bad america versus russia thing which like obviously america's relationship with russia right now is not the same as it was in the 80s and so it's just kind of funny to watch it and be like oh yeah like this is this is the type of thing that would have been made in the 1980s yeah totally. it's just so much fun like it's just so great i, lo I loved it i absolutely loved it yeah i thought it was fantastic uh the uh creature made out of various dead things thought that was Pretty gross. Pretty effective. Yeah, yeah, pretty Effectively gross. Effectively gross. Did you like the musical number in it? Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> I was like, what song is that? Oh, yeah, cool. I thought that was so um, cute. Yeah, and... Uh, obviously, Joe Keery, standout performance. Obviously. Unbelievable. Yeah, he does really come into his own in the, in that in this season, though. For sure, you know, yeah. He's not just the, the boyfriend or anything no. like that. He's a real, like, main player. In he it. carries his own story. It was really good. It's just yeah. really enjoyable. And uh, I'm sure there will be a season four. I think they're they're confirmed for four and five. Are they? I yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's you know I can't really talk about spoilers because somebody may have done something 
in the end of the season. Oh but yeah, maybe yeah. didn't. Oh no, like d- definitely didn't. Yeah, like didn't. No. Um, the other thing I can recommend is our uh, friends uh, Una and Andrea's United Ireland podcast, which I've been subscribing on Patreon lately. Uh, really enjoying what they're putting out. They did an interview with Lidl Dialect uh, last week. Um, which is where I heard and reminded of the song that I'm going to finish the podcast with. Um, but yeah, their podcast is really good. Uh, it's ostensibly built on the uh, concept that they'll take a, a county in Ireland and discuss a topic around it. But I think they've kind of abandoned already. Yeah, look, they're doing sure. counties of, of, of Ireland, but they're also doing special ones. So they did a, a good chat with Lethal Dialect uh, last week, um, which I really enjoyed. And uh, as part of that... Um, Lethal Dialect, where they were talking about the state of Irish hip-hop as well, and talking about accents and in music and all mm. that kind of stuff. And one of the songs they suggested, or Lethal Dialect suggested, was uh, the song we'll finish with. But before that, mm. just want to say, thanks for listening. Thank you. For thanks, Dre, oh, for thank being you. here. Um, and it, yes, Patreon is a very useful tool for, I subscribe to United Ireland on it. I hope uh, if you're interested in this, if you, if you listen this far, Really now, you should yeah. be on the Patreon. If you by got now. through the what are you Come reading on. and listening to part, <laughs> you must like us. <laughs> yeah, you must you must be paying attention. So yeah. patreon.com forward slash nine or nine, all your support is appreciated. And uh yeah, so we're gonna finish with a song from an artist called Dania. Um this is something that Lil Dialect recommended on the United Arm podcast. Do check that out. Um this came, originally came out in twenty seventeen. Uh, Dania is a Dublin rap artist who uh, released an EP or a, kind of a short album um, earlier this year and this was on it. This song is called Paro from Dania and that is it from us this week. We will talk to you next week. Bye. These days lads are getting me paro Chop off their heads like I'm Captain Jack Sparrow I can see through them, through their bone marrow I can see into the future, days are getting narrow yeah, These days lads are getting me paro Chop off their heads like I'm Captain Jack Sparrow I can see through them, through their bone marrow I can see into the future, days are getting narrow yeah, uh, Well, Cadda, Gum, Should I? Stay or should I run? Should I roast them like a bun? Or chill with the boys and have some fun? Cause she wants it now and she wants it rough. Stretch that bitch up a Dublin bus. Said it before, well, that's enough. If you see me again, please don't rush. And yourself for the shit, please don't unflush. On behalf of the boys, please shake that bush. Niggas are looking at back, looking at her face, looking at her teeth. Please don't unflush. Fuck up and you're gonna get parked and you're gonna get parked. Boy, and nigga, that's dark and you're gonna get parked. You can down to the docks and I'll have you in pennies. You be hanging like sucks. You, you be hanging like sucks. I'm on the munchies and I spice box Let me move this back in the way Niggas let me cause I'm back And I'm killing on the flow And I've got this shit in the way In the way that you're gonna see And I'm dropping it back And I'm dropping the front Niggas let me cause I'm black And I see And I see the future See the future See the fact And I'm killing it And I'm S to the A to the N to the D And yes I'm here I'm winning it yeah, These days lads are getting me paro Chop off their heads Like I'm Captain Jack Sparrow I can see through them Through their bone marrow I can see into the future Days are getting narrow are getting me paro Chop off their heads like I'm Captain Jack Sparrow I can see through them, through their bone marrow I can see into the future Days are getting narrow I'm paro about my color Cause it can get you in trouble Being black and being different Every day is quite a struggle, yeah Being black and growing up in Dublin City 
OG always had the locks with me. Then I went to Africa and started getting busy. Then I came back with the bars and now the lads are singing with me. These days, lads are getting me paro. Chop off their heads like I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. My name is Sam. I need some paro. I've got the words. They serve as I'm a Make another rap and it's all of his tea. What? Wait, all of his tea. Huh. Ah, all of his tea. 